Hey, some of us were just talking backstage about how Sunday is our favorite day. Is anybody else loving Sunday? Are you glad to be here? All right, we're going to worship together today because God is worthy. So put your hands together. It's a good day.
God does great things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, one of those things he describes is he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. But the old has passed and the new has come. So anyone who has placed their saving faith in Jesus is new. The old sinful person is gone and now they can live according to the spirit. And I am so thankful for that truth in my own life. I'm thankful for that truth over my loved ones that when we place our faith in Jesus, he makes us new. He does it once when we're saved and he does it every day ongoing. He is faithful and he takes us uh, where we're at, but he moves us into the next season with him and he's so faithful to lead and to guide us. And so we're gonna sing a song that just reminds our hearts of that truth today, that he is the one who is making all things new. But if there's something in our hearts today that we need to surrender to him, that he is faithful to come in and say, give it to me, I'm making you new all over again. And so let's just worship him together as we sing these words and this truth. Just keep 
Spirit, come, search my heart, point out any offense within, clear away sinful will, set my mind on your word again.
is my shepherd And he is everything I need I will not worry I will not fear the enemy He said that he loves me He said that he's with me And I walk through the valley Of shadow and death And still I know He has good plans He has good plans For me So I will take heart in deserts and gardens. He has good plans. He has good plans for me. If I know my Father, I know my
say you are, and you are faithful to your word. We thank you for those scriptures that we can cling to in times of trouble, that surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And Lord, I pray for any person in this room who is in that dark place, that valley of shadow and death. Lord, I pray that you would just lift their eyes today, lift the eyes of our hearts to you to see that you are walking every step of the way with us, God. Increase our faith. Remind us that you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you will do. We give you all the glory and praise and thanks in this place today, in Jesus' name, amen. Church, it is great to worship with you. Feel free to greet somebody near you and in just a moment we're gonna hear from some VIPs around Northwoods. Check out the screens. Good morning, we're so excited you came. Are you brand new? We're gonna give you some screen time right now. Text the word new to the number on the screen. And someone will reach out to you. Let know you're here. Open up the Northwoods app and fill out the connection card. Can you think of any tough questions you want Pastor John to answer? your questions to the number on your screen. Us kids need grown-ups to take care of us. Even when you beg, you need someone to take care of you. Check out our support groups. God wants us to make friends. Church is a great place to do that. Check out group launch. We'll help you find friends. Thank you for giving the wish words. Text the word give to the number on the screen. Or use the drop boxes at the back of the auditorium. That's all we got. Thanks for coming today. Enjoy the rest of church. All right, all right. Good morning, Northwoods. You guys good? Are you awake? Who's awake? Come on. Okay, good, good. Well, look, uh, before we dive in here real quick, I got one more announcement I want to tag on to that, and it's about our Understanding Israel course that's going to be coming up very soon. It starts on February 29th. And you guys know there's still plenty happening in Israel, even to this day. But we are past time when the Gentile church needs to understand God's heart and his purposes and his plan for Israel. That he still is going to keep his promises to the Jewish people. He's still going to keep his promises in the word of God. So if you're here and you're like, I don't understand why Israel is such a big deal. I don't, I don't really get what, you know, the scriptures have to say. The Understanding Israel course is for you. And our founding pastor is going to be kicking off the very first two nights. He's going to teach into the biblical understanding of Israel, their role in the end times, and it's going to be phenomenal. So I think, yes, we have a QR code, which will give you more info and how you can sign up and register. Now... Today, we're continuing in our series called I Have Decided, and today we're talking about gathering with others. 
I have decided to gather with others. And so we're talking about the gathering. We're talking about the body of believers, the family of believers. And some of you know that my journey, I, I grew up as a pastor's kid, right? So I grew up coming to the gathering, whether I wanted to or not. <laughs> I was here on Sundays. I was always in church, around church, hearing about church. And yet, as I've grown older, you know, my, my real old 29-year-old self, <laughs> as I've gone on in life, I've come to realize truly how important this gathering is, the body, the family of believers is. And I can tell you today that I, I actually owe my very life to many of the men and women in this congregation. I owe my life to many that God has put around me. And I would have stumbled and given out and failed a long time ago if it weren't for my brothers and sisters in Christ in this body, if it weren't for spiritual fathers and mothers that the Lord brought alongside me. And so today, as we're diving into this topic, I want you to know, I'm not just going to try to open up the word of God, the scriptures to us, but also I wanna share with you from my heart my experiences that the Lord has taught me the importance of the gathering, and he's taught me the importance of spiritual family. So before we actually read our scripture for today, I want to give you something a little extra just for free, okay? Uh, my dad, our founding pastor, he always taught me growing up that every time you come to the scriptures, you open them up, and then you invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak. Right? Who better to teach you the word of God than its author, the Holy Spirit? And so today, I want us to practice that together, just before we read the word, that we would all collectively in our hearts welcome the Holy Spirit to teach us and help us understand and apply his word. So why don't you just open up your heart right now and just agree with me as we pray. Holy Spirit, we declare this morning that you are the teacher Lord, we say thank you that you're the one who leads us into all truth. And we ask today, Holy Spirit, that you'd bring us wisdom and revelation, that you'd bring truth to bear upon our hearts and our minds. Lord, we welcome you to bring conviction, encouragement, and comfort. And we say, Holy Spirit, teach us. Teach us today. You are the teacher, and we are the students. So we open ourselves up. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Scripture we're looking at today is out of Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there or pull it up on your phone. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. This is what it says. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
Now this letter, the letter of Hebrews, we actually don't know, we're not 100% sure about who the author really is. And we're not 100% sure about what, what the context was of the people he was writing to. But when you look through the letter, you can see a lot of internal evidence. And a lot of it points to that this author was concerned for the spiritual health of the believers he was writing to. If you will read the book of Hebrews, you'll see some of the strongest warnings in the entire New Testament. Some of the strongest warnings. He's trying to urge them to walk soberly with the Lord in their faith. And this verse right here, he's calling people out who have developed the habit of neglecting the meeting. The meeting would have been like what we refer to Sunday as. It's that weekly gathering of believers. And when they would gather, there'd be teaching, there'd be singing, prophesying, maybe a little fasting, worship, fellowship with each other, taking communion. All of this would happen as they met together. And just like you saw in that verse, some had begun to develop a habit of neglecting and forsaking that meeting. Sorry, got other things going on. I'll catch you on the flip side, catch you next week. So the command and the warning of this passage is to not neglect the gathering, to not neglect the corporate meeting. The translation is don't make it a habit to skip church, <laughs> right? That, that's the translation. Now, I know, I know we got, you got emergencies and you got vacations and all that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, that's real. He's talking about someone who's developed a habit of skipping out, neglecting, because they don't value this gathering. They don't value what God does there. But I believe there's more in this passage for us today. So this is not just another message on like, hey, get in church, okay? That, that is a main point of that scripture. But I believe there's more here for us today that the Lord is actually trying to talk to us about what his gathering should look like what should happen in the gathering. So, we wanna look at real quick today, three features of God's gathering. Three features of God's gathering. They come right out of this passage. And feature number one is responsibility. Responsibility. So if we look back at our scripture, it says, we got it right there, the Hebrews 10. Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And then later it, sa it says encouraging one another, right? And as I was studying this passage, I was so stirred by the fact that when we talk about community, when we talk about, you know, relationship and getting connected to others, oftentimes our conversation is based around the idea of what it can do for us. It's like, hey, 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 you should be in community because it'd be really good for you. It'd be a big benefit to your life. It'd really bring you a lot of joy. 
You could really fulfill your dreams and your purposes if you got plugged into community. All that is good and true, but I hear less people talking about what this scripture is actually putting the emphasis on. This passage is actually saying it's not first about what you can get. It's about your responsibility to others in the gathering. The reason why this gathering is important is actually because you and I, we have a responsibility to our brother and our sister to stir them up, to encourage them. It's not just about you and I taking from others and getting for ourselves. It's about us pouring out to others. Church, we have a responsibility. You and I have a responsibility to the people sitting behind you, to your left, to your right, in front of you, in this body. You actually have what someone else needs. And therefore, if you aren't here, the body is weaker because of it. And so this scripture talks about the feature of responsibility. And you go, okay, well, what does it look like? Just what it says, stirring up. Stirring up is the idea of provoking. It's the idea of incitement, challenge in confrontation. That you and I sharpen each other. That I watch your love for Jesus and I'm provoked by it. I'm stirred by it. I remember a conversation with one of my friends, it's probably about a year ago. He called me up on the phone and he was a little discouraged. He starts talking to me, he says, man, I just, so I just finished a 21 day fast and I was crying out to the Lord for just more of him, more of his presence, more of the Holy Spirit in my life and got to the end and I don't, I don't really see much. Like I, I don't know that God really did anything for all my praying and all my fasting. And so we spent time processing that together, encouraging one another. You know, I prayed for him. But I came away from that conversation, and I was like, gosh dang it, I need to go on a fast. <laughs> I, I was, I'm sitting there provoked by him telling me how he's running hard after Jesus, and I hear that, and I go, oh, flip. I want to be running hard after Jesus. Yeah, you're right. What the heck? I need to go get alone with God. I need to go do some prayer and fasting. It provoked me. And that's actually part of what God intended, is that when we gather together, say even in worship, you look and you see somebody pouring their love out on Jesus and you go, oh, yeah, I wanna love Jesus like that. And you walk away provoked and stirred by somebody else's faith. God meant for it to be that way. And if you're not here, if you're not in the gathering, you're not gonna be stirred up. And I'm just telling you, again, I would have burnt out, given up, stumbled and fallen many years ago if it weren't for the people, the believers, the family that God put around me to provoke me and stir me up. So that's part of our responsibility to challenge and confront each other. But then also, remember it talks about encouraging. 
talks about encouragement, comfort, consolation, resolve, bringing to each other the ability and the courage to endure and to carry on. And so we don't just provoke, but we encourage. And I remember, (laughs) you guys, I'm so thankful for my brother, my brother John, our senior pastor. He, yeah, yeah, you can. I can't tell you how many times he has come alongside me with encouragement. And particularly, I remember about a year ago, I was coming home from a trip, and I was in a bad place. I was sad. I was discouraged. I was in a dark place, mentally, emotionally. And I had told my brother earlier that day as I was driving home about some of what I was feeling, and he prayed for me, and that was about as far as the conversation went. I got home that night, and I'm not kidding you, it was maybe 10 minutes or so after I got home that this man, my brother, walked through my front door, and he sat on my couch with me in my living room and just listened and talked with me. Brought a six-pack of ski sodas with him. (laughs) We drank some soda together, and that saved me, the encouragement that came. It saved me. And I want to just tell you, church, again, that this, this is part of what the Lord wants to release in your life as you get connected into the gathering. It's not just, oh, that's great. That's what John and Nathan have. That's nice and special for them. I don't have that. God wants to bring it to you. God wants a family. He wants a spiritual family. And so I share these stories not to say, not to hold that up on a pedestal, I'm hoping that your heart will be inspired to dream again with God and ask Him again for the relationships you long to have, the connection you long to have in this body because it's available to us if we will reach for it. So we together, we stir up and we encourage. And I want to just share this scripture with you real quick. This is, this is a picture of what we need in the body today. Comes out of 2 Samuel 10, verses 11 to 12. This is where Joab and Abishai, some of David's men, they were fighting the Syrians. And look at what they said. They said, hey, if the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the Amorites, the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be of good courage. And let us be courageous for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what seems good to him. Do you see how they took responsibility for each other? Do you see how they stood back to back with swords drawn and said, hey, if you need help, I'm coming over here and helping you. And if I need help, you're coming over here and helping me. That is the kind of responsibility for one another that the Lord wants in his gathering, in his body. 
that we fight for each other. One falls down and we go and pick them up and vice versa. It's responsibility for one another. It's coming to the gathering and asking, who can I encourage today? Who can I come alongside today? Who can I provoke with my love for Jesus today? That's feature number one. Feature number two, I love this one. Feature number two is family. Family. And back in our scripture, Hebrews 10, we can throw it up there. It's kind of the main thought of that verse where it says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. So again, we're talking about a habit. We're talking about the gathering. But I want you to remember the first century context of this command, okay? They don't got 1,500-seat auditoriums in the first century. (laughs) The meeting that they're having weekly is in a house church. Small group of people. And if Bobby and Sue don't show up, the others know. (laughs) They skipped out. I want you to get that in your mind, that this meeting, the early believers, they were in an intimate, small, connected gathering of people. And that is, that's the downside of having a church this size, is because you could skip out on church for a whole month, and some people wouldn't even know, because it's so large. You could just kind of sneak in and sneak out. And there's, there's no family connectedness and deep relationship in the body. But this is what God wants. This is what God wants for his people, is he wants a spiritual family. So if you read your New Testament, that's why you see all over, you see the language of brothers and sisters. You know, John and I joke about calling each other brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, right? We get a kick out of it, but it's actually a reality. It's a reality that Jesus spoke to in Matthew 23. Check this out. Jesus said, you're not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. You are all brothers. And he says, call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who's in heaven. Jesus is saying, guess what? Y'all all all have the same father. Y'all are all brothers and sisters. You guys are a family. You're a family. This is what God has desired from the very beginning. So again, I want to say clearly, showing up on Sunday and just warming a seat that, that is like you've barely even walked through the front door of what God wants to bring you. God has so much more for you than that. He wants to bring you more than that here in this gathering. Not just, I checked the box, I showed up and attended a service. He wants a family. And 
So what does family look like? Well, looks like intimacy with each other. Looks like unconditional acceptance, a sense of belonging. It looks like risky vulnerability and transparency with one another. Confession, it looks like accountability to each other. It looks like sharing our dreams. It looks like sharing our pain, right? That's what the scriptures say when it says rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Sharing your dreams with each other and sharing your pain. And it's about going after God together, not just hanging out at social events, but that together we as a family are living for a higher purpose. And we have this sense of interconnectedness and intimacy with people in the body. So again, you might be sitting there today and say, okay, Nathan, that's all good. But I don't have that. And again, I want to just stir you to dream again today. Because I know many of you are sitting here in these seats in a sea of people and you've never felt more alone. And I'm telling you, God has more for you than that. I was talking with one of my best friends about how we met. It was about two years ago, and I had actually just lost a couple of good friends. You want to talk about feeling very lonely, I was feeling it. And so in my heart, I was taking my grief and my pain to God, and I was asking him, Lord, I want the kind of friends that I can really run with and, and really do life with. I want the kind of friends where we can be, you know, 80 years old still, sitting across from each other praying for one another, gray hair, going after God, sharing our lives together. So I'm praying for this. I'm asking God for this. And uh, it was at a Freedom Weekend. We were finishing up. I was up in the tech booth, second floor. And uh, I hadn't met my best friend yet, but he was down on the first floor. And the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, I need you to go talk to Nathan. He's having a hard time. And so he looks around for me, doesn't know where I'm at, finds me, gets up there, and he comes up and he just says like, hey, you know, the Lord put you on my heart. I needed to pray for you. And he puts his hand on me. He starts praying for me. And by the end of it, we're both sitting there weeping. And I remember when he left, he walked away and I, I felt like, I think he's going to be a really good friend. And I look back at that moment now, and I see how, how much the Lord was in it, that I'm sitting here praying and asking for friends, real, solid relationships, kindred hearts who I can run with, and he's sitting over here ears and heart open to God, and hears the Lord speak to him 
and this friendship is birthed. I share that with you today to tell you if you will ask the Lord for friendships and not give up, if you'll press in in the place of prayer, and if you'll keep your ears open to his voice, there's no doubt in my mind that the Lord himself will draw you together with the right people, that the Lord will see to it that you get connected with the right men, the right women, the right mentors, because the Lord is all about family. He's all about it. He wants it to happen. And so I encourage you to lean into the Lord. If you're here today and you're feeling isolated and you're feeling loneliness, why don't you begin to cry out to the Lord again to bring you out of that season, to connect you into this body and give you a spiritual family because that's what he wants. And I want to share one more thing on this um, on this feature. Can you guys throw up uh, Ephesians 3? I want to read this. This is one of the, this is a phenomenal <laughs> prayer the Apostle Paul prayed. It'd be great for you to take into your own prayer life and pray over yourself. But just track with me here. Just read this. He says, I, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, can you all go back to slide two? think the second part of that verse. Now I want you to look at this. He says that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Now this is an important point for us to grasp. So Paul is praying that they would encounter and know the love of Christ, and then he throws in that little phrase, that you'd have power together with all the saints, all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide, how deep, how long, how high is the love of Christ. And what he's talking about is not just that we together all individually get to experience the love of Christ. The point of that phrase, the meaning of that phrase in that verse is actually that it takes other people, the other saints, for you and I to experience the love of Christ fully. That you will never know the fullness of God's love for you in isolation. You will only come to grasp it in its fullness through and along with the saints, with the people of God. And this is so important, church. This is so important. I felt so strongly on my heart, just this feature of family, I felt so strongly. Some of you who've been deeply wounded in your families of origin, 
your natural families. It is the Lord's design to heal you by setting you in a spiritual family. That the Lord wants to heal your family of origin wounds by giving you a new family in this body. You cannot get fully healed and you cannot fully receive the love of God to your own heart in isolation. You need the family. It's the only way that it comes. And this is what Psalm 68 says. It says, God sets the lonely in families. He wants to set you in a family. He wants to give you brothers and sisters in this body who see you for who you really are. He wants to bring you spiritual fathers and mothers who love you unconditionally, who will speak the truth to you in love, who will not abuse you, who will not traumatize you, but who will look at you as Christ looks at you. God wants to heal your family of origin wounds by setting you in a spiritual family. This is what the gathering was supposed to look like. Not just a service you attend, but a family you belong to. A family you're part of. So we, we want to reach for this as a church. And um, right here, real quick, I want to just plug our, our small groups because we've got a group launch coming up soon, which I'll call you to action to at the end of our time today, but this is part of why small groups exist. It's not just like, we, we don't just do small groups because that's what we should do. <laughs> small groups is our attempt at trying to make the big church feel smaller, at trying to create that same dynamic that the first century church had of those close, interconnected relationships. And so I want to just share with you real quick uh, the story of Dale and Jill and how they got connected into their small group. So go ahead and roll that video. I had just seen Northwoods featured on the news because the traffic was just so crazy, like getting in and out, right? Like it's such a big church and I thought there's got to be something there. <laughs> it just felt like home from day one. If we go anywhere, Northwoods would be the one I want to go to. Then it was like, we need to meet some people. We just needed people that we could just form a relationship with and be friends and pray for each other. And that's exactly what we found. They had a small group launch that we weren't able to make it to. And then I think Dale called Josh, right? I yeah. stopped him here at the church Spoke and asked to him Josh, about it. And Josh actually suggested the group we're in and we just connected immediately, yeah. Usually when you get into a smaller group, sometimes you're kind of nervous and everything, and we and felt it, comfortable. It's more connecting more with God. What I don't understand, they understand. You get to learn more from each person of what what you maybe you never even thought of. What would you say to the person who's like, I've tried this, this doesn't work for me? I would say try again. 
There's always somebody out there you're going to connect with just to have fellowship with like-minded people. We meet, we catch up on the last couple of weeks. We meet every other week and catch up on what's going on in all of our lives and talk about answered prayer and prayers that still need answered. And just this last week, they talked about why the group wasn't bigger and stuff. And I told him, I said, well, I quit asking because you were running out of chairs to sit in. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Look, hey, Jill had a good word that I wanted to say again. If you've tried and you haven't found family yet, here, try again. Try again. It's going to take time. And you know what? How many of you know family's really messy? Really messy. <laughs> and as we try to pursue that here in this church body, there'll be mess. Yeah, you'll get hurt. That's what happens in relationship. And that's, that's why we forgive and we heal and we communicate with each other, right? And we, we grow through it. So all that I share with you today, it's not gonna be easy. <laughs> it's gonna take time. You're gonna have to try again and try again. It's gonna be messy at times. But the Lord desires a family for you. And small groups, again, is they exist to help foster that. So real quick, the last feature, feature number three of God's gathering is urgency. Urgency. The end of Hebrews 10, our verse, says, encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now that's a capital D. <laughs> the day. Not any day. The day of the Lord, the day of his return. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, guess what, church? You got to have a little urgency. You need a little fire lit under you to get connected into the gathering. You can't put it off. You can't sit on your hands. It's time. It's past time, in fact for us to come off of our islands and get connected with each other. It's past time. And again, he connects it to the return of the Lord. Why would the writer refer to that? Well, you look at the scriptures. Scriptures are clear that as we near that day, yes, there's gonna be increasing glory and power on the church, but there's also gonna be increasing pressure and darkness. Both are going to happen. God's gonna be moving in power and Satan is going to be raging. Both will happen at the same time. And I've not put it past the author of Hebrews to call them to the gathering because he knows the pressures will increase. And if you don't have your roots down into the body, you are going to be blown over like a tree with no roots when the storms come. You will not be able to stand apart from the help and strength of your family around you. Now, we could even put the day of the Lord aside and just say, 
there's going to come trials and tests in your own life. Some of you might be in a really good season right now. But sooner or later, the day of testing and the day of trial will come to you. And on that day, if you're not drawing strength and support from the gathering and from the family of God, you will not have what you need to come out victoriously. Because God did not design us to be in isolation. He did not design us to be lone rangers operating in our own strength. And so there's an urgency. There should be an urgency today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would give you an urgency. If you've been sitting on your hands, you've been hiding in isolation, and maybe you're even involved serving. Maybe you even kind of know a few people, but your relationships have not gone past the shallow end of the waters. It's past time that we get connected into real deep, meaningful relationships. We need each other, church. And when the pressures increase, we will not be able to stand apart from each other. So there's an urgency. There's an urgency to this today. And I, I felt in worship just to challenge the men in particular. Because us men just think that we can handle it all on our own. We think that we can be strong enough on our own. And we naturally don't share as much. We naturally don't open up as easily. But men, I'm telling you, if you're not connected with other men of God in raw, open, honest relationships, you are a shadow right now of what God wants to actually make you <laughs> when you get connected with other men and you start sharpening one another and provoking one another and encouraging one another. There is an urgency to this for all of us. But specifically today, I just tell you men, if all you have is a handful of guys that you just shoot the breeze with and talk about sports, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. Your soul will not survive apart from godly relationships with other men. And I remember when we were in the 21 days of fasting and prayer, we're up in our prayer room one, one day, and uh, I just felt from the Lord on my heart, I was, I was prayer leading that set, and I felt like we needed to uh, all get up and share with each other what we were fasting about and pray for one another. So I hop on the mic, and I'm like, hey, I think we need to enter into a time of, you know, sharing what are we fasting for, what are we asking God for, and let's, let's pray for each other. So go ahead and do that. I step back from the mic. Nobody moved. Not one person. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, fine. That's, that's all good. But I couldn't shake it. 
<laughs> we, we continued and just the worship team kept playing and sing, singing, but I, I couldn't shake. No, you, you need to get up and share. And so I got up one more time and I said, all right, <laughs> you guys, I, I really feel this from the Lord that we actually need to get up right now out of your seat, go share, go pray with each other. And that's, I, I thought of that story because so many of us, you might even get stirred here today listening to this message, but then when it comes to actually step into real relationship, when it comes time for that, there's awkwardness, <laughs> there's mess, our own insecurities surface, our own fears, all our wounds from our past relationships, they come back up, they get in the way. And so I would just say to you that today, drive a stake in the ground and decide, choose, as you partner with the Holy Spirit to push past the awkwardness. Push past the feelings of insecurity. Push past the fears and ask the Lord to get you connected into family. And I believe you'll find as I have, there's nothing sweeter. David said in Psalm 16, he talked about the excellent ones in the land in whom was all his delight. And I believe that you will find that as you reach for spiritual family, you'll find, oh my goodness, all my delight is in the people of God that I'm running with. They bring me such joy and such strength. So church, responsibility, family, urgency, this is what the gathering was supposed to look like, what was supposed to characterize the gathering. And today, I really have three groups of people, three different kind of action points that I want to call you to. So if you could, let's go ahead and stand as we end. You know what? How about instead of all y'all looking at me wide-eyed, how about you, how about you right now just turn your attention to the Lord? And even as I'm talking about these action points, would you just open yourself up to him and see if one of these decisions, one of these action points is for you? Some of you are here today and the Lord's just calling you to show up, to just put the priority on the gathering. Some of you have made it a habit to just kind of pop in and pop out whenever you want and just fluctuate with your feelings or your circumstances. And some of you today need to drive a stake in the ground and say, come hell or high water, I am showing up and I'm placing priority upon the gathering. Some of you need to group up today. Some of you who've been living in loneliness and in isolation, 
Again, maybe you're here and you have a level of connection, but for the most part, there's no one who really knows you. There's no one who really knows the secrets of your soul and is walking with you. If that's you, the action point today is to take a risk. Go to the group launch. Step out. Push past the awkwardness. And pray for family. (laughs) The last one applies to all of us is to pray up. Church, that we would reach together for spiritual family. And we would ask the Lord for it in this body. We are done playing church. We're done playing church. We're done just attending a service. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would press upon every heart what the action point is today for them, what the steps are you're calling them to take and that you'd not let them run from it. Lord, I pray if any like Jonah would run today from what you're calling them to do, God, chase them down. (laughs) Chase them down until they're set in a family. And Lord, we ask you today that you would do that in this church body, in this gathering, Lord, that we would be one with each other. Jesus, as you are one with the Father, a united family walking together, pursuing you together, stirring one another up, encouraging one another, all the more as we look to your coming. Lord, we say, make us a family. Make us a family, Lord. And I pray that you'd raise up spiritual fathers and mothers in this house, in this congregation, that you would raise up those who can come alongside the young ones and bring them the wisdom, the guidance, and the strength, the challenge that they need. And I pray that you would rip people out of isolation and connect them. Make us a family, Father, that you would have the dream of your heart for this church the things that you want for this body. Lord, we say release it today and bless, Lord, every step and every act of obedience as people say yes to you today. And one more thing, Lord, I ask you for those supernatural, God-given friendships that will go the distance. I pray, Holy Spirit, As you've done with me, as you've done with many others, I ask that you would supernaturally draw people together who are to run together, who are to fight together. Father, we ask you for that today. Bind our hearts together in love as a family. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Church, bless you guys. And hey, look, do we have that QR code for group launch? Do we have that QR code? If you're interested in the group launch, the small groups, if that's for you, hit that thing up, all right? It's got all the info for you. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you guys.